Okay. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. There ain't no rules. There is no plan. No safety net. Yeah, baby. <laughs> the Three Nose Podcast. Oh, bitter batter. Let's get at her. Oh my god. Oh my I yeah. Yeah. Wow. Welcome to the hundredth episode of the Three Nose Podcast where Jason is going to fuck the whole thing up right from the get go. Twenty eight seconds in. Twenty eight seconds in. The show's already <laughs> and a fifteen mess. of it was intro. I got friggin' <laughs> I got I got booze on my hands. Oh my goodness. There's worse things. Yeah, there's many, many worse things you can have on so, your hands. 100 episodes. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Ah. Oh, that's got yes. all the hops in it. Uh-oh. What's got there? Uh, Goose Island Beer Company IPA. That is, is a Is that lot. a random grab? No, my, uh, my brother-in-law, he likes to drop off different beers for me to try uh see, see that now that takes me back to a dennis leary joke <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> or his brother-in-law got him the sam adams christmas pack yeah when you're yeah. watching the football game and you're down to your last beers and yeah, the cranberry ale uh, <laughs> uh so yeah um that's got a lot of hops in it yeah yeah you weren't, weren't expecting that i was well I knew it was an IPA. IPAs tend to be C. Well, this is an IPA as well. But it's not nearly as hop dense as this bad boy. <laughs> so I know what that it's going to be. This was somewhat of a surprise. A happy surprise? Uh, what? I'm guessing no by, the, by this reaction. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> so... So a hundred episodes, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. Yeah. Well, it's probably more than that if you want to factor in Dispatch. dispatches. Yes, but technically, yes. These are one hundred in a row ish for yes. this particular brand. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? How do you feel? What do I think? How do I feel? Yeah. Um. There's. Parts of this that I I want to improve on. I'm not sure exactly how or what I want to do. Um, I like this aspect of it. The me and you sitting. Okay, that, I, I'm glad to hear that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this just not working for me anymore. <laughs> that that's a worry. It happens. I will if if that was the case. I wouldn't wait until we're rolling. Okay. Well, you never know. To, to, to crush those dreams. Shock value. You never know. Shock value. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. You get to hear the highest, implosion of highest, the... Highest listened episode, highest downloaded episode is the last one. Usually. Is that what you think? <laughs> what well, worked for MASH? <laughs> well, I would think MASH has a little more cachet. <laughs> That's true. So That's just true, but it's still... I'm just saying there's precedent. I'm going with the cachet. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of hops. <laughs> the funny thing is, 
I don't even know exactly what you're talking about. I don't want to find out. Mm, I'm, I don't want to find out. I don't exactly know what hops means. Like, I know what's involved in beer. Yeah. But I don't know what part of that in the beer experience. It, it gives it its uh, bitterness. Okay. Like a, uh, whereas, you know, a, a lighter hopped has, like, less bitterness. Like, most beer will have a little bitterness in it. Right. That's because of the hops. Okay. The new trend with new more, beers is more hops more hops like uh different like hazy ipas and they're trying to out out are they, are they getting closer to so is it hops that takes you into a stout or is that different that's different okay yeah i uh, just wondering is this like like more hops is that where you're getting to where it's standing up with a spoon no no no, no okay no no, that's that's something different. You're like your stouts and your your porters and stuff like that. That's okay. your, the dark beers. You're thinking of Guinness with the 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 thick head. Well, actually, I'm yeah. I'm going back to a high school. My music teacher in high school, Mr. Furrow, I'm sure I've told you about this. Was German. Oh, um, yeah. He was in a the Die Rhinelanders, a, 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 a Irish band. Yeah. And uh, as a it, German, <laughs> or, or whatever they were, I don't know. They were. I don't know what they were. They. I'm just Die Rhinelanders, whatever that means. That was the band. Okay, it was I polka. Don't... It was polka. Okay, it was a whole lot of polka. German, whole lot of polka. Yeah. So you got um, a couple Irish guys in infiltrating uh, the German I don't know. underground. I, I, I don't know, but uh, all I know is that uh, his daughter Melissa, which would had told us a few times that it, she would have to go down and stir their current pot of beer. Yeah. And she was the one who had to stir it. And, yeah, the whole standing up with a spoon thing, like, it was, that was a legit thing. Yep. And they, that was a family that did that. Yep. Yeah, that said, some of your some of your darker beers are a little on the thicker, viscous That scares side. me. It's not bad. I don't know. It feels like, like drinking motor oil. No. Well. <laughs> I've had a couple. That doesn't sell it. When your your first response is, well, no, that was my second so, response. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're my, my. If you're if you're going still, to try to bury me, still, <laughs> still a second response. That's it, you pause. I pause. Yeah, that works. There's like some of the more mainstream things, like your Guinness and stuff like that. They're not as air quote thick. As some of the no, uh, what I've seen of them again, I've never tried them. Right. I they don't look it. They don't look it at all. No, you can you can do a drink called a black and tan, a black and tan, where you get half a, a pint glass and fill it up like halfway with Guinness. Okay, and then you take another like a lager or some even use a cider, and they float hmm. the other beer on top of the the you the float dark it, beer, so you don't even mix. You float it. You float it, but as soon as you tip it, it rolls and mixes. It right. really was rather good. Huh. Yep. It's weird, uh, the, the chemistry of alcohol. Well, we've had, what, millennia of yeah. people trying to figure out the best way to get loaded. <laughs> so I got, in that fridge over there, yep. uh, bottles of bee spit booze. Bee spit booze. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, I, the, that makes me think of Thirteenth Warrior. It's made of it, honey. It's made of honey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so he gets drunk. Yep, I got um, 
It's called a bottle. The bottle is called Ragnarok. It's a uh, a mead out of Quebec, and it's aged in whiskey barrels. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds a little potent. No, it's it, it clocks in around fourteen, fifteen percent. So it's Ooh. not crazy, but I'm, I'm, you, you know when you're. When I'll you, try it sometime. Right. Then this stuff. Where'd you get that from? I ordered it actually off a of Facebook uh, ad. Really? Yeah. Like I, I had one bottle of Do that. Do they sell mead at the LCBO? Seasonally. 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 Okay. They have a thing, uh, a mead called Monyak Mead. Okay. And that only comes in like right around autumn time. That makes sense. Uh, it wouldn't be something they could you no, could no, import. No. The Monyak Mead is uh, fortified with whiskey as well. So okay. in, in the brewing process, they introduce whiskey into that. Okay. Tasty. Yeah. For like a pure mead, I can go to Alveston. Yeah. Monroe Mead. They have they have their own honey. Like they have their own bees that are apiary. Okay. So they got a bunch of different types of mead. I, I've gone there a couple times. And just made the road trip. And just like, give me six bottles how, of that. How far, how far is that? Uh, in between here and Sarnia and London area. Okay. Okay. So it's, not that it's, far. That's not that far. It's a nice drive. Okay. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Booze Talk. Yeah. <laughs> what you got? What's, what, what, why did we start doing this? Why did we start doing yeah. this? Why did we start doing this? Because both of us are batshit crazy, and it, this tended to be a lot cheaper than actual therapy. Well, that's true. That is very true. So, because when I look back to how I, I how I remember myself, that that is key. The, the memory is past, Jason. Very green, hazy. <laughs> um, but when I think back, yeah, because you know. Uh, when I think back at when, from when we started all this, uh, I am worse off than I was. Well, thank you for stopping by the Three Nose Podcast. This has been Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm being honest, but it but it is it is I don't know how to word it. Um, this helps. This keeps this keeps me going. This yeah. keeps it. This does let me just air out my shit because um, I don't have any other means to do it yeah. where I'm comfortable. Okay. So, um, yeah, I am, I am f- by far worse off than I was when we first started all this. Um, and I, I regret that only because of the effect it's probably had on the show. Um, the effect it's had on you in its ways. Mm, this is not something that I didn't expect. The whole the whole thing was when I started dispatches from Shedquarters is with me dealing with the passing of my mom and my dad's cancer. That's the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. was to try and talk out my shit because better out than in, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, it was just 
just like uh, with the Madhouse. It's like, okay, why am I doing this by myself when I have somebody who's equally as capable of holding, having a conversation with me in the same room, at, like across from the table? Like, why I do need to have the sounding board of you, like. Yes, doing doing things like this solo sucks. Yeah, it, it absolutely sucks. Yeah, um, that's why those that can do a solo podcast and and keep it moving and do it well, yeah. bravo to you. Uh, it's it, it's I am definitely not comfortable doing it. I hate doing it when I've done it, and it usually shows. You can usually hear the uh, the tremor in my voice. Yeah, I started out podcasting on my own. With the uh, the very old I think Mead Hall, Mead the Mead Hall. I remember that. I that remember that the very first thing that I ever did. That was the impetus to me buying that the the ancient MacBook. Okay, that's that's how the that beast. Is. So that was the first. The I remember that. I know I listened to that. Yeah, I know I did because you we you and I weren't. We're, we're only loose friends. Right. right. You know, within that gaming circle with Sean McGoon, yep. and, you know, I tagged along with you on your, your, with your wrestling stuff a yep. little bit. and My very first microphone. Aww. It's a USB microphone. This is the thing that started it all. Okay. So that goes right back into the box of honor. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Where were we? Where were we? Uh, um, talking about getting oh uh, uh, worse instead of full better. disclosure. I'm on a I, I've switched strains. No, I couldn't tell. Um, yeah, I Jean uh, Guy's been hurting me. So oh yeah, I've started noticing headaches coming oh. off of it. Yeah, so I I switched it up. Plus Jean Guy's getting hard to find again. Yeah, but uh, Ontario like, cannabis board whatever yep. got hacked. <laughs> they got hacked with some material, and they had to slow down shipments to all the stores. Oh no! They could get like thirty boxes Dope. at a time. Like, like it wasn't even like a third of what they needed. So they've all been running kind of short on supplies. Damn Chinese <laughs> hackers! Um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. But yeah, I'm on a different strain called Tenth Planet, and Tenth Planet, Tenth Planet. That's the jujitsu that uh, Eddie Bravo does. Really? Yeah, Joe Rogan does that. Oh, Tenth Planet ju- uh, Jiu-Jitsu. I had no idea. You are now a Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I know Kung Fu. You know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Anyways, it's it's mellower, as you can probably tell. Um, now, where will we begin? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, where were we? Um your new strain is mellower. And After that, no, before that. Before oh, before that, that we yeah, were talking yeah. about um, getting into podcasting yes. and how it has helped and hurt at at, at the same time, <laughs> yeah. such as it is. Well, it, the podcast has not hurt me. The no. podcast has never hurt me. None of any of the anything I've done related to no. podcasting has hurt me. It has only ever benefited me, helped me in ways, in a few ways, made me a better person. Yeah. Like, I I adore 
anything I do with the podcast. Okay. What, the part, the problem I have is my my part of it, what of it all, <laughs> the, the lack thereof. That's what it is, and it, it's it's all on me. This is the, here here comes Jason picking on himself. No, this is, this is where okay. it's going to go. Before, before I'm, I'm, I want to head you off at the pass here. Um, you're doing the 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 exact amount that you need and want to do. If you wanted to do more, you'd do more. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, don't think I sit there and go, fuck Jason, create and hold a whipping chair over you. No, you don't. Nobody so, does. Nobody does. That's nobody kind does of that. that's, and that's kind of my problem. But, but I did hold a gun to your head when we, when we shut down uh, dispatches mm-hmm. and recreated this. You, yes. I was the one that said, all right, we're going to rebrand this and you have to come up with logo, theme song, and name. Told you name this show. Yeah. So there, there's, you have that. I See, I have, yes. And my problem is, and I've, I know I'm. This is going to be so repetitive. I apologize to our listener. Um, this is that you, you've heard all this shit before. So <laughs> you must maybe you know, spit I, my hops I, all over my <laughs> microphone. Well, I, and I know who that listener is. So I, I apologize, Dave. So, um, well, we have more than one listener, but the, I'm not going to break up the running gag. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who did it first. I know. Um, so. Um, yeah, uh, I, I am. I, 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 I have ideas. Okay. I get ideas all the time. I get ideas to expand on past ideas all yeah. the time. Yeah. I do nothing with any of it. Join the club. I'm. It, it's, Welcome to the party. It is. It's frustrating. Hey, and have, have a seat at the on the bus with me. The, so. the, I, I think for me though, and. I, I I'm quite sure that the weed is my main problem right now. Quite well, possibly. We've talked about this on and off the air. Uh huh. So, um, here's I've had something on my mind, something I've wanted to say, not not to you, okay. not not to you specifically. Should I take my out there. headphones off? No, 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 no. Um. Just this is what's been on my mind. And okay. I don't know how to say it. That's the problem. Well, um, the easiest way is to just say it. And it's going to sound horrible. It's going to sound incredibly stupid. It's. I need someone. I need, I need people to tell me to stop. What do you want me to tell you? No. That, see, that's just it. I don't. The fact that I'm telling you, it's like I can't. It's like the gaming rule at when you're at the table. If you come up with somebody else's idea, they can't use it, kind of thing. Gotcha. Like, you know, it, it's it. But what, but why can't you? It's that's kind of that was kind of a rule. But this is not a game. I, I know this. I know this. But it's it's how I receive it. Yeah. It's the fact that the people that I I expect to hear it from aren't saying it 
Yeah. Wow. I uh, <clears throat> I've I've, I've in- even dropped hints. I've I've said things, just little subtle things, and nobody nobody says anything. I can see the hints. I can see the signs, mm-hmm. and. So at times, I have followed those signs. Right, yeah, yeah. I know Tally doesn't like it. So I don't always smoke it around him. I have. Yeah. Even after I knew. Yeah. But I don't always. But again, it's not said. Yeah. He doesn't say it. I, Crystal. Crystal says she doesn't care. All the time. All the time. I know that's not true. Because she 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 sees this as a way for you to cope with a lot of things. And she does not want to be considered the bad guy in your eyes if when she I've, says something. When I've even when I've I'm giving her I lead her, I give her chances to say, No, how about not this time? And she doesn't, and I, I then I so I smoke. Okay. I, I how how horrible, how stupid, how fucking absolutely stupid is this that I am talking like I'm fucking crackhead, like I, it's fucking weed. Yeah. And that therein lies the uh, the rub, because it's deemed a soft. Non-addictive. That's that's. It was never called non-addictive. Oh, you talk to a lot of people that say, "Oh, you can't get addicted to it." But no, I'm not fooling myself. I'm not. I'm not fooling myself into thinking that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I fully am fully aware of how I got here. Yeah, (laughs) I I fully like. I'm not shying away from that. I put myself here. Yeah, well, okay. I absolutely not. I know this. The 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 weed itself may not be addictive, but your addictive personality. Yep. That's that's what's got that hook set, and it's set deep. I'm, and the weed does not help with all the shit I'm trying to spin all the different plates. Right. That I can't focus on. Right. The film festival, which has been my focus, mm-hmm. as I believe the submission date just closed. I don't even know how much time I have left, but I have 17 hours of shit to watch. Okay. So that's a lot yes. <laughs> if I only have a week. See, <clears throat> the thing that really uh, tripped you up is when Kevin Smith stated, oh, I can smoke all the weed I want and be productive. Yeah. Right. Okay, Jay. I'm not Kevin. You're not a multimillionaire. No. You have shit that you need to do, not what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So you, you can either pair it back, stop at cold turkey, or damn the torpedoes. That's where I've been at. Damn the torpedoes? Yep. Well. where I've been at. Like hardcore. Okay. Every two hours when I'm not working. 
Now, is this a <clears throat> the a physical thing that you feel, or is this? I don't know. It's all, it, at times, yeah, it's almost autopilot. Yeah, you just you like the way being high feels. Yeah, it, I because it, it's better than not being high. It's it's all about relaxation. I, I that's the the only way I can put it. It's I I am at my most relaxed when I'm really high, which makes sense. That's what it's supposed to do. Exactly. And I just I just want to feel that way all the damn time. Yeah, but you have things you need to do. Yep, I know. And you can't do that in an relaxed state. Obviously. So. Also, it doesn't help with some of the plates that with some of the plates I'm spinning, and I'm not getting the help I need with those plates. The uh, thing in London, yeah, yeah. And Jake, Jake's not hasn't given me any of the information, and he messaged me saying, "I don't." Know, it was it's it's weird, but I was kind of I kind of knew this could happen, so yeah. um, I'm not you know. I'm I'm well prepared for that. I've got my grid made up. I just need contact information so I can start talking to people and get yeah. it sorted out. So, yeah. uh, I, sorry, I'm not trying to deflect this. No, topic. this is uh, this is part of the thing. You know, this is all part of the thing. You, you have to decide: is it worth the frustration that you're feeling over the sense of relaxation that you're feeling? That's the hard part. <laughs> That's the hard part. Exactly. Because every week, you know, I'm getting older and there's aches and pains. And Bro. I pulled, pulled, I pulled a muscle carrying a friggin' recycling bin. Bro. You <laughs> want to talk about getting older and broken? Uh, <laughs> oh, we don't need to compare notes. Your list is longer. That's well established. We're, we're I, good there. I know this is not a pissing yeah. contest. No, but. I know. 300-pound dude fell on your ribs. I know. I know. <laughs> I was there. I saw it. You know, we don't have to go over that story again. Uh, it's my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of been on my mind for a while. Yes. Um, it's taking me down to the dark roads again. Like, ah, welcome to the to jaws of the black dog. Stay, you know, staying quiet, not wanting to. I'll, I'll be flat up. I've been, I've been avoiding Brent. And not that you haven't noticed. I'm sure he's spoken to you immensely. He, okay. Brent doesn't have my cell phone number. Really? Really. Really? Really. Oh, okay. So he can get a hold of me Messenger. only on Messenger. Okay. All right. So. I, and so I, I was not aware of that. Yeah. He he can't light my phone up because he can't okay. light my phone up. Does he light up your Messenger? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. Yeah, well. Uh, for one, I need to have, and he's probably going to hear this, so. Yeah, but okay. So I shouldn't say it. No, say it no. If face. if this is something that you need. No, it, it, I really shouldn't talk about this on here. I really, this is, it, it, this is a conversation that should be had to his face. Just well, certain, like, I just need to discuss he and I's relationship and just the way he talks to me. Yeah. He says a lot of stuff and he means well. And because he's, as I put it, he's always blowing smoke up my ass. Always going on about how good I am. How, and anything I'm talking about. And 
He's trying. I know he's trying to just bolster me and whatnot. Or, but it's or 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 he actually feels this. But it's it's just because you don't doesn't mean he doesn't. No, no, it's it's his way. He's he's always trying to make sure he's he got burnt. Yeah, yeah, he got burnt. So he's afraid of losing what few friends he has left, and because. I am the closest one he has yeah. to both physically and just I'm here. You know, he's he's afraid he's going to lose me and yeah. he's not going to lose me. I am just I'm not in the space because he has his own issues. Yeah. And I don't want to tip over those issues. I don't so, want to drag him down with me. So you do what you're doing currently and you tell him. That. I have. I said, I love you, man, but I, I need some space. And I, this is not anything on him. So, okay. Brent Brent got me this week. Okay. He, he out of the blue, he goes, hey, Ramstein's playing in Chicago. Playing in Detroit. No, they're not playing in Detroit. Uh, they're playing somewhere close by. Chicago. I thought it was Detroit. No. Okay. Close I as, thought it was close, close as I looked because as soon as he said it, I Griff's been hyping it big time. Right. So it's in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. All right. My mistake. No. I, I, as soon okay. as, as, soon as right. he goes, hey, did you know that Ramstein's playing in Chicago? I was like, <laughs> what? And I jumped on Ticketmaster and I was like, oh, yeah, there it is. How much? Cheapest seat was the upper bowl at the back of the stadium. Was eighty dollars. So you only send your eyebrows. You only send your eyebrows. <laughs> Everything else in Soldier Field in Chicago was sold out. That does There's not maybe surprise me. Three sections does not surprise me. And then as I was going through the Ticketmaster thing, this Ramstein, Montreal, Quebec. Oh, I'm like Montreal. Fuck. Sunday today. Oh. I was like, hmm. <laughs> How a, did they sneak a tour by you? I don't know. Did you get knocked off the list or something? No, I probably just wasn't paying attention. And it was uh, a festival because the tickets were, f- were for general admission only. Okay. Not in the fire section. <laughs> they have a thing called the fire section <laughs> ahead of the general admission section. That's awesome. It's like the evil dead to the musical splash zone. Splash zone. like fire zone. Um, uh, the general admission tickets were... You know the guy who's the regular in the fire zone? He's bald. He, he's bald and he comes in and he's got a bottle of barbecue sauce yeah. strapped around his neck. There you go. $130 each for a general admission standing ticket. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Ramstein. Ramstein. <laughs> they're stadium tours, so they're setting everything up. <laughs> they need it. <laughs> <sighs> One of these days, they'll pare it down to like an arena nice tour. Nice try. I, I know. <laughs> you, you know. You it's know. It's only going to get bigger and It's harder. only going to get bigger until he blows himself up. That's gonna be the big, the big, the big finale. The big finale. There's like that's picture wrap for uh, Till Lindemann. It's gonna happen. It's be like sounds gonna gonna sound so horrible. The last leg, the last show of the tour. 
and boom, and it's going to come out that. I don't want to even say it. It's horrible. It's so horrible. Let's say something's wrong. Something was wrong with him. Oh, God. No. <laughs> he already had a ticking clock. So. Oh, it's like, I'm going out with a bang. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I should not say anything. That's horrible. No, That's it's, horrible. It's fine. Oh. It's comedy. You don't mean it. It's comedy. That's horrible. That's like a wrestling story. <laughs> Oh, speaking of wrestling stories, oh, nice uh, no, no, not no. I don't even want to get into wrestling. Okay. okay, no, because that that's too much of a conversation to be had right now. Yep. But I just saw like real media, you know, air quotes, real media, oh, okay. and a news article on the like MSNBC or whatever it is that my default homepage is on our oh, computers oh, at work. Okay. I got your real media, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what I have to scroll through for news and. You know, and chuckle and laugh at gotcha. a lot of the bullshit gotcha, gotcha. that I that I can at least understand. Um, <laughs> but somebody wrote an article. Yep, about Donald Trump, of course. Yeah. And there's <laughs> that guy. Used to as soon as I read, as soon as I read the headline, I'm like, they can't be fucking serious because the read, headline read, "Evidence has come out, or, appar- or apparently Donald Trump cheated." In a wager that he had with Vince McMahon back in, I think it was 2004 or whatever it was. Oh, okay. In a sports wager. Okay. I read the article. Attaboy. And they think it's fucking real. The hair versus hair match? They they believe that that wager was real. (laughs) They, whoever wrote this fucking article, thinks that wrestling is a real sport. Well, I hate to break it to you, son. (laughs) And this got printed in a major news outlet. So, this just tells me that you should not believe anything (sighs) you read in the news. Wow. Without... A small Siberian salt mine's worth of salt. So. Exactly. Like I read that, and I'm like, they can't be serious. And I, they were fucking serious. Outstanding. Now, in that same beat, some more information about some more uh, missing money from the WWE came out <laughs> yeah, yep. um, involving Vince and Donald Trump because apparently there's like part of that whole wager and shit. Vince was supposed to donate $5 million to the Donald Trump Foundation, which, if that. you haven't heard, that money was all basically an embezzled embezzlement eh. scheme. Yeah, he just used that to pay off more hush money. <laughs> basically. Eh. Uh, his Trump. share of the Stormy Daniels money. <laughs> Trump had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, not No, no, but still, it just yeah. it was weird coincidence that both those stories... No, no. That wasn't coincidence? Really? are just looking for any connection to... Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. 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 How many coincidences happen in this line of work? Yeah, you're right. So... You're right. Um, (laughs) And I do want to talk about wrestling right now, but I don't want to talk about it right now. Yeah. Right meow. Yeah, right meow. Um, Because this podcast, you know, I keep saying it, 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 it's really important to me. And I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing for this show. Well, for fuck's sakes, do it then. I, that's the problem. I'm not, but I need to. And But I'm working on it. Am I going to have to do the, uh, was it that Dwayne the Rock Johnson smoking cessation 
thing skit that he did from Saturday Night Live? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and somebody was, it was, uh, he, The Rock was a, a guy who would, he was being hired by one of the actors to cut out smoking. And every time the guy would go to pick up a cigarette, The Rock would smack it out of his hand. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I, I had the perfect job. I, was, I got kicked out of the Marines for being too violent. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, no. If you have something you want to do. I need to do it. You have to decide how important it is to you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Versus the thing that's got you the monkey on my back trapped right now. Yeah, I got a monkey on my back. Yeah, it's not so much a monkey. Needs a really high monkey. A really high monkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the story of the 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 highly functioning stoner. Yeah, I no. think is a myth. It, at least this one. Right. Because no, no, I'm not. So. Yeah, that's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> well, here, take this elastic um, band, put it on your wrist. I've done that trick before. Okay, take this elastic band, put it around your neck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the elastic band trick. It, it yeah. helped me with my stress when I worked at Transcom. Well, there you go. It has a proven track record. It does have a proven track record. You're there you right. go. Uh, we'll, we're going to... If that doesn't work, I'll find something else. Something sharper? Something sharper or blunter. <laughs> oh. We got stuff back here. Um, oh. Oh. Possum watching you too. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah. Sup, yo. <laughs> oh. Um. I don't know. I don't even know what I was about to say. I've lost my whole train of thought, and what else, what any else, I, I've said what I needed to get out. Yeah. So, right. that's, yeah. I love this show. Yeah. This show will live forever in my heart, <laughs> whether I'm whether I productive or not. Um, well, I would hope productive. <laughs> I'm, now I'm talking gibberish. Let's talk about some nerd shit. How about it? Productive by... By design. Yeah. Phineas's world keeps growing. Somewhat. Just not, uh, just nothing on paper, nothing, well, nothing physical. But the ideas, the thoughts, his world is expanding further and further. All right. Is it something that you wanted to put on paper or is this it, just something that you wanted to? I want all of everything, everything that I have thought of in regards to Phineas's world yeah. and Phineas's story. I want it to see form. I want it. I need to get it out. Okay. I'm just not doing it yet. I'm still, I'm still just making more pieces. Sounds like analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. Yeah. When you, I missed that schoolhouse rock episode. Yeah. So when you analyze, you keep analyzing and keep analyzing and keep analyzing instead of moving on the, the, the data that you have. Just like, well, I need to do this this research for this. I need to do that research for that. You paralyze yourself by it's like doing a uh, a Wikipedia rabbit hole, writ <laughs> yeah. larger. Okay, so kind of it, kind of it's it's not as much research as in it's 
I don't know. Yeah, I know you're right. It is research because I feel like I just don't have enough pieces to put the whole coherent story together. I would suggest as somebody that has been an editor of an online magazine, you do have enough material to start something. You can do. There's um, there's a thing called a drabble. A drabble. One hundred words, no more, no less. The World of Myth magazine prints a lot of those. Hmm. I could start there. Yeah. And then you work up to like a single part short story or something, novella, something, and. Even if you don't wish to put it in, keep it in your fucking pocket Mm -hmm. until the open contract challenge rolls around, put this out, and you can win a shot at getting your stuff made by a professional publisher. These are the steps I need to take. It really is an obsession for me. Yeah. Okay, and, and then and because it's all built out of that, then and that's the part I don't know. I know how much I need to worry about because he is heavily built in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. So, you think you'd be the only guy to ever? It's fan fiction, right? It it, it would fall under whatever fan fiction rules and laws. As, as long as, as, using... as long as you don't use like trademark. Character names, and character stuff, name, right? class names. This. What that, about this? locations, though? Change it. Yeah. Change it. There's there's nothing that says you can't change a, the name of a location. Yeah. See, you're coming up with problems that don't exist. Now, these are the, like they're legitimate questions about the legalities of something. But you don't have to. I'm too far away from that. Right. Too, far you, from, from, too far away from even having anything to worry about the legalities of it. Still, you don't have to write. You don't have to use those words. You're not the first guy to base a, a novel on a campaign that he's in. There's a guy. I was, I'm reading a book. And they talk about is like the rise and fall of a TSR. And they talk about they had a slush pile of unsolicited submissions for writers for books. And the, the author was talking about one guy who has written a series of novels based on the campaign that him and his friends do. Hmm. So you're well within bounds to make this story. You just got to pick up that ball. Yeah. It's it's lying at your feet. Cuz you know what the latest the latest edition to Phineas's world is? What's up? The entire fucking world. <laughs> and all the other worlds that connect with it. The multiverse? In the, in the astral sea. The astral sea, yeah. Fucking spell jammer, baby. All right. So you know how you get by that? You don't say astral sea, you say astral plane. Yeah, because they can't don't have that trademark. Right. So yeah, but yeah, the, the, see, was, 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 editor, Wizards of the Coast, 
dropped Spelljammer. They did. For 5e. Yep. And I love what they gave us. Just in time to also announce they're changing their entire system in two years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that entirely. Um, for one, they did say that one D&D. Yep. I don't fully understand what it is yet. I, I, it's a streamlining of a lot of things. Like what though? Like I need to see examples. There, well, the the, the one example that I've seen is uh, <clears throat> um, feats are now incorporated into backgrounds. Yeah, I I did see mention of that. Yeah, um, which yeah, it, it did seem like they were getting, coming up with new backgrounds yeah. that, that had that. So now starting to incorporate I guess feats with feats have always been have been optional. Like an option that, like, not everybody plays with feats. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, I was like, huh? I always thought they're just available for nope. that ASI thing. Nope. That's a home. So that's a house rule. That's a house. Okay. Rule. Huh. That a lot of houses play on. At least the ones I've ever played. So I, it's one of those things. I guess, like, they, they want to incorporate, like, a virtual tabletop. Uh, yeah, their virtual the, tabletop looks really impressive. Yeah, but how far away is that? Exactly. Said they they still have two years to to iron out some. Yeah, bugs, but that's so. going to be the, the, that virtual tabletop was insanely yeah. detailed. Yeah, D twenty is probably going like hmm. So <laughs> or yeah, D twenty. Roll twenty. Roll twenty. Roll twenty. D twenty is the, the one Brennan, it. Brennan Brennan Lee Miller Mulligan. Yeah. The biggest competition to critical role, basically, uh, or are they all kind of part and parcel now? They're all part and parcel. Okay. They they don't compete. No, because they, they all do the same stuff and they right. cross over. Right. They, said, they share talent. With shared talent, um, Matthew Mercer had Brennan Lee actually build part of the uh, 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 Taldori book. Okay. So the the calamity, right? Yeah, that was his. That, right, that was his. He wrote all of that under like with with uh, guidance by by Matt, but all all of it. You could say Matt Mercer cast guidance, maybe. So, <laughs> but boom. So yeah, we got this new less hoppy, less hoppy, less hoppy. So yeah, they got the new D and D coming, but they still have books coming out for Five E, and they did say that all Five E books would work within the new system, which only makes sense. Yes. So this 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 tracks perfectly with like again the book that I'm reading is called Slaying the Dragon: The Rise and Fall of TSR. It it talks about Gary Gygax. Building TSR, losing TSR, getting getting outmaneuvered, and kicked out of his own company. Hmm. And then now we're the, where I'm at in the book. TSR is now really deep in the red. Yeah, and it's 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 bad times because they're talking about from 1991 to 1996, they released. Five or six beginner rule books or edition changes. So how can you have advanced Dungeons and Dragons when all you do is sell beginner stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and they flooded the market with different things. Like each 
thing is considered a beginner thing. But then there was their latest thing. Yeah. Was their latest game that their beta test or something got released and it had some very interesting racial traits yeah. and racial information that uh caste system that yeah. really did not bode well. Well, you know, you just try new things. Sometimes <laughs> it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, sure. But. <laughs> new things. <laughs> Didn't work out for that too much for the last guys that tried to use those kind of ideas. Nah, not usually. But yeah, the uh, this book is quite an interesting book, and said the author the author tried to get the the woman Lorraine Williams. She owned it. She re- flat out refused to talk to this guy about anything to do with that company. Really, really. Hmm. And she was the one pretty much drove it into the ground. Really? Really. Why? Ego. <laughs> he, he, he likened it to um, somebody who owns a speedboat. He called it the speedboat theory. Okay. Because when you own a speedboat, what do you do? You drive, you drive it. it flat out. Doesn't matter what it is. You just drive it flat. I got a speedboat. This is my speedboat. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> yep. She did. It didn't work out so well. They were talking about um, a thing called Dragon Strike. It, they wanted, TSR wanted to capture uh, the eight-year-old audience, like Monopoly and stuff like that. Okay. This is this had like a VHS that was supposed to teach you like a back in the day, <clears throat> remember the trend of like uh, VHS games where yeah. you pop in this, this was in that in and of that thing. Okay. The first run of this game sold 100,000 copies. A roaring success by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, one of the managers goes, yeah, we're going to have to like do a second print run of this just to fill it, finish the, the demands. They went, how, many, how much? Like, how many? He goes, 50,000 50, copies should do it. All right, cool. We're going to add 100,000 to that 50,000. No. They went, you went, what? what? Yeah. And the 50,000 that he said sold. 100,000 copies sat in the warehouse collecting dust. Hmm. And everybody's going like, well, shouldn't have ordered that many. But you can't say that to the boss because there's like a fucking revolving door (laughs) of uh, people leaving that place. Because they crossed the boss and she's like, nah, you don't work here no more. Then they had a thing with Random House as a like a, a distributor for books and stuff yeah, like Random that. Yeah, Random House is a book distributor. I yep. remember that. They, they, they had a deal with, with Random House where they would send stuff to Random House. Random House would send them loan checks. Something. It's, it was a weird money thing. TSR will always get money from Random House when they send them stuff. All of a sudden, TSR decides, mm, we're going to send them 100,000 copies of this Dragon Strike game that Random House didn't ask for. <laughs> okay. So Random House Surprise. goes, like, uh, okay, we'll send that, we'll distribute them to the bookstores. 
And then they all came back from the bookstores and Random House sent them back to TSR and they said, yeah, remember that money that, that we fronted for those? That Like, yeah, give it back. TR said, like, oh, sorry, we ain't got none. So the balloon was building and building and building. It was just like, wow, all right, that's not how you should run a company. But, Damn. Eh, what do I know? Damn. Yep. But, but what, was that so? That was all long before when they sold D and D, or it's it's leading up to the sale of TSR to Wizards of the Coast. Okay, so okay. we're we're dealing in like the nineteen ninety six okay era right now. Okay, so I vaguely remember when all that happened. I remember yeah. the murmurs in the world. Yeah, so there there's they crossed DC. They they tried to uh, pull a fast one on uh, DC. DC had a couple of the the properties that they were producing comic books for. Okay, and then TSR goes, well, we can make books, and they're going like, mm, comic books will get us sued. Well, we won't make comic books. We'll make comic modules. That's not a comic book. And DC went, we're going to ask our lawyers. So. They they skated around that as best they could, and DC watched them. They were like, you're going to fuck up. <laughs> you're going to fuck up, and then we're going to get you. <laughs> I like how the author calls them the, the old gods of DC who watched the, the young upstarts at TSR. So The old gods. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, I've been playing... Old school pool of radiance. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Commodore sixty four emulator, browser emulator that I found online. Beautiful. It's you're, you're talking A D and D rules, uh, Dungeon Dragons adventure. Uh, wow. I I had to show Carter. We were talking about uh, Thaco, and I and I I had to Google the Thaco chart. I go, this... It was fucking confusing oh, is what it was. This is how we had to do it. So he goes, what does that even mean? I went, yeah. Exactly. Right. right. It's all math, baby. To hit AC zero. Oh. There was... was it, in that, that was where that day... Oh, yeah. Well, it said that... Reading that book, going through those things with uh, Carter, but the old stuff. Got me thinking about um, uh, choose your own adventure books. Remember those? Mm-hmm. And I was looking looking online, just going through. Did a quick uh, quick search, and somebody spit out a top ten, top twenty, like best choose your own adventure books. Okay, I was like. I had that one. I had that one. I had that one. That was great. That was so much fun. I used to get those from the library at school all yes. the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then looking at those, we were like, I got that one. Guy got that one. Quickly had me over to Amazon. <laughs> you can buy bundles. Of like, course. I'm just like, uh, don't do it. No. Don't do it. I just bought another book. Uh, once I finish this one, current one that I'm reading, I'm re- 
switching to uh, the Dragons of Deceit. Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. Oh. Back in the Dragonlance world that they created. Interesting. This is a new trilogy that they are writing together. So is this, this is the first book in the you think trilogy. This is connected to the new Dragonlance adventure that's coming out that was announced. One hundred percent. Okay. So it is So this Dragonlance the Dragonlance adventure that's been announced is not classic Dragonlance. It's not going back to the history. It's oh, a no. new story. No, no, no. It's it's in the lore. Like I get that it's in that lore. Yeah. But any adventure the adventure itself is probably more of the, this era. Like the, um, new, uh, the new story that's being written, you think it's in whatever area that era that is? Yeah, my understanding, this story is based on a, a character during the War of the Lance. So oh, this is okay. happening like concurrently okay, so to what happened okay. with the War of the Lance. All right. So it might, it might be cleaning up the, like the, the War of the Lance uh, timeline kind of thing. Or could most likely be a retcon of some kind. Okay. But it's it's in that adjacent neighborhood. Okay. And I did go to eBay and I looked up the uh, world of like uh, the Kryn uh, book, like adventures. Okay. The cheapest one I could find was like 50 bucks American. <laughs> I was like, mmm. And it was kind of rough shape. Uh and I was just like, oh, there's a there's one that's like in fine condition, but they're asking like $125. Oof. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, Damn. You're killing me, Smalls. But, but it's it's a niche market, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't keep track of We didn't keep keep our care of that a lot of that stuff back in the day. Sadly, so. no. And I go back, and I remember watching uh, season four of Stranger Things. Eddie Munson's DM screen that he had in that, I had that screen, that exact screen. Really? <sighs> Fuck. Those were the days. Fucking hindsight. <laughs> Fuck you, hindsight. God. <laughs> hey, um, so there's a show. Yeah. That I, I don't know if you heard about it, but it's got a lot of buzz. It's called The Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Eh, a little uh, bit of buzz. You know, a little bit. Um, it was written by some Neil dude. Neil Pert? Neil Pert, yeah. Neil Pert. <laughs> the drummer from Rush? Yeah, he was multi talented. Nice. I guess so. Um, <laughs> I, I finished watching it all. Yeah, yeah. Even, even though the bonus, I need, even though I needed to be watching film festival shit, I Dude, watched Sandman. I think you watched the better quality for the most part. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but goddamn, Sandman was amazing. Yep, I agree one hundred percent. I burned through that, and I'm just like, oh no, what have I done? And I'm gonna have to go back and watch the. Um, all of that. I I knew nothing about the comic. Okay, I knew I knew a few character names. That was it. So yeah. I have I know nothing of the source material. This is completely new for me, and I loved it. Yep. It was it is so beautifully stunning to watch. The effects were amazing. Performances yes. were across the board. Yeah, were great. 
And you did not get the exact thing every time through all of those episodes. It seemed like like they had they had the narrative that they were going to go, but then they would take a wild left and right turns with some of the episodes. They give us some of them, like one of the most beautiful episodes. I think it was number five, and then they give us one of the most creepy episodes with that. Is it episode eight with the? Oh, uh, yeah. the Funhouse. The convention. Yeah, the, the con- collector's adventure. The, the convention. cereal convention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. My my favorite episode was episode six, where Dream and Death walk and talk. Yeah. Yeah. That one punched me so hard in the feelings mm-hmm. so many times, and... The characterization that they had for death was like so spot on. It reminded me of the show Dead Like Me, yep. where Reapers would go and take somebody's soul at their moment of death. Yep. And yeah, it reminded me of that. It was such a great representation. Yep. Unlike, you've never seen it done like that before. No. Like, nope. And like I said, that short that we did, that, that, characterization of death is who i had in mind when i wrote that character for that short and i could see that i could see the similarities so yeah it was just such an amazing show mark hamill getting that little voice cameo in there as mervin mervin Pumpkinhead. yep <sighs> the um <clears throat> i kind of figured um uh the big dude from the reader from the house Oh, Gilbert? Gilbert, yeah. I kind of pegged him as the third nightmare that was missing. I didn't peg him as the nightmare. I just pegged everyone in that house as being some sort of supernatural entity. (laughs) Because they were all fucking weird. They were all... Yeah, Ken and Barbie were... Ken and Barbie. But... No, I when when Gilbert was revealed to be the... uh, Fiddler's... Fiddler in the Green... Fiddler's Green. I went, yeah. It makes perfect sense. And Stephen Fry. And it was Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry just being Stephen Fry yeah. and all his Stephen Fry goodness. <laughs> he was just a, a delightful. Yeah. Is when well, the the brawl in the alley. <laughs> yep. And he comes up and he pulls that sword cane out. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense right there. So. <laughs> and how he convinces. Uh, Rose to let him take let, let him take her down. It's like I always wanted to be a knight errant. Yeah, <laughs> it was everything about that series checked all the boxes for me. Like Gaiman himself, I like you talked about Gaiman on Twitter being cheeky and shit like that. He's been slaying gatekeepers mm-hmm. left, right, and center about this, and like. I had no, I got no skin in the game. Neil Gaiman wants to write me a fucking episodic uh, love story. I'll take it. It, it, And and the whole, just the concept, the way they did it, it's basically an anthology show. It's an anthology show that had this overall arc weaving between it without the arc being a a focal point in in any episode except for a couple key ones. Yep. It was such well, particularly with the bonus. Yes. Yeah. That bonus one, Calliope, was just like, 
Wow. The cat one was spellbinding to watch, though. Certainly was. That rotis, the whole rotoscope art style. I like that. So cool. I was like, my friend Seamus, he goes, hey, uh, you said you wanted more of the Sandman. And he sent me a link to an article. I was like, what? And I read the article and I like jumped right over onto uh, Netflix and I watched them. I was like, the dream of a thousand cats in Calliope. And I was like, what's going on here? And then, so the dream of a thousand cats was so good. Straight out of like a, like a, what's that show? What's the show? Love, Death, and Robots. Like yeah. It really had yeah. that kind of vibe, you know? Like, yeah. You know, it's like Black Mirror, but Black Mirror is all the same thing. Just the anthology idea, yeah, just works. Yeah, you can. There is nothing in that that sandbox that you can't do as part of that anthology. You don't even have to see Dream, like the Dream of a Thousand Cats. Dream wasn't even there. This could be a new anthology series, like The Hunger used to be. And yep. it's you just call it the Sandman, and you just have him yep. just narrate, just a voiceover to introduce each episode. Yep, boom, you you can go forever. Yep, writes itself almost. Yeah, absolutely, it's a, and it's just like with Calliope, I fucking I felt almost every inch of that episode, yeah. and I was kind of like, hey. I should probably talk to a muse. And I was just like, all of that worked so well. And the punishment that dream laid on him, I was like, oh. And I cannot remember that actor's name, but he'll always be Rory in my heart. Yeah. That was, uh, he, he played Rip, Rip Hunter on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. But before that, to us Whovians, he will always be Rory. Of Rory and Amy, the Centurion. Go. Yeah, he's he he was he was great. I th- that episode's definitely going to have further ramifications. Oh yeah, because now now Dream has Calliope at his, as an ally. Right. So right, and since we know he's got a storm coming. Yeah, but there's there's. The tension between Calliope and Dream, I think, well, he even said he hasn't forgiven her yet. No. So, do you... She's going to sacrifice herself or, or, you know, come to his aid when he needs it to prove herself. Yeah. Or do you think she's going to turn on him? She won't turn on him. No? No. 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 No, no. All right. No. I know the show was fantastic. Boyd Holbrook crushed as Corinthian. Oh, damn! Is he is he charismatic? Just I don't like him so much. And there was, and you know, a lot of these shows are really good at picking out some good one-off songs. Yeah, that skeletons in the closet, and I got a bone to pick with them song that they played when they were getting to the uh, convention. Yeah, that was a pretty cool song. That oh. makes sense. What's that? Neil Gaiman had a uh, a cameo in... Was he one of the killers? No. No? He was the crow in Dream of a Thousand Cats. Ah, okay. The, the crow scout, the skull bird. Okay. Uh, do, do, do. 
Arthur Arthur Darvel. Darvel, yes. Yeah. Yes, that was yes, Richard yes. Richard Maddock. Yes. Arthur Darvel. Yeah. He's he's good. He was fun rip hunter on League of, League of, League of Legends. Or Legends Tomorrow. Yep. And I really like I empathized with him at the beginning and it was like he was like so writer's blocked and the struggle and then when he goes to uh meet uh Ar- Aramis Aramis and Aramis does his thing and I was like oh and then he then he tries to be what Aramis wasn't right and then he found out that doesn't work. He he thought he thought just being around her would inspire, and no, she had to give him the inspiration. But when he when the when the violence was implied, when he came back from the first time, yep. with that little little cut on his cheek, I was like, I turned on him. Of course, and I was like, you asshole, yeah. you are getting everything you deserve. So, yeah. It was so well done, Neil Gaiman. No, come on, it's Neil Gaiman. Yeah. The guy knows knows how to write. What? What? He knows how to write. But my message I sent to you not bad from a guy who could appreciate a good dick joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who was it? I meant I. Uh... Oh, uh, Shane at work. Because I told him, I think he watched the first episode or something. Yep. And when I told him who wrote it, he, and I, no, sorry, it was at Tina and Brad's last night. It was uh, Shane, or not Shane. Uh, the fuck is... Tim. Scott. 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 I was going to say Scott. Uh, yeah, I mentioned it, and I said, yeah. And it's written by Neil Gaiman, who, uh, Scott's, who I saw Jane Silent Bob Groovy movie with. Oh, okay. In Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, yeah, he was, he was the butler. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> he wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote yes, the, he did. He wrote the hell out of that. <laughs> and him being cheeky on Twitter, Thursday night, Neil Gaiman posted on Twitter, I wish there were more than 10 episodes of Sandman oh, on Netflix. you. And then Friday afternoon, he goes, thanks, ne- thanks for the extra episode, Netflix. <laughs> you cheeky bastard. <laughs> Oh, Neil. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, no, but that whole series, everything about that series is just like, yeah, I I know the Sandman. I like I didn't collect the books. I've got some Sandman books. And there's just so much about that is just like, yeah, I give me more of that. My favorite subplot, Galt. Yeah, the nightmare that had Jed. It was making him a superhero. Yep, and then how he brought her back as a dream. Yeah, that was well. Was, that was that was a great story. Who doesn't like a redemption story? Yep. So it was a, that was a nice that was a nice little subplot there yep. that I, I really made me smile. The Corinthian was completely irredeemable, whereas Galt was yep. like her Galt. Galt was in the right place, like mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. It's just eh, you got to go back. Galt meant well, but because Galt was a nightmare, it never ended well. Right, right. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, 
But it was that was adorable him being the Sandman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so cute. My bag of sand. <laughs> yeah, that just everything. That whole show from start to finish, every episode was intriguing, engaging, and spellbinding. And David Thewlis in episode four, episode yeah, episode four in the diner. Yes. My God, the tension that 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 whole episode built. Yeah. But David Thewlis is one of those actors that he does that unassuming monster creepy mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. He's done it. He did it as uh, Ares in Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. Okay. He was amazing in that role yep. there. But for me, that was a role you didn't see coming. No, until absolutely. it was like, oh shit, yeah. But just before that, Fargo. Oh yeah, either season one or season two of Fargo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the villain, if you will. Yeah. Uh, this this weird, kind of almost disgusting, like like frumpled looking, but he was a, apparently a monster, yep. mobster of some type. Like fantastic, yeah. I'm, uh, acting, who acting. knew? Yeah, professional liars, lying professionally. Yeah, so. which brought me on to a random, some random because just that's what I do uh, when I I have other shit to do. I'm watching random shit, <laughs> and I revisited uh, Letter Kenny. You're procrastinating. Yeah, that that too. You're procrastinating. I, I, I revisited Letter Kenny International Women's Day. Okay, okay, I got to watch that one more time too. It is so funny. And again, uh, 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 was it Amanda Scrofano? Mrs. McMurray. Yes. Okay. The acting ability for her to genuinely be that much of a fucking disgusting drunk. Like, just, <laughs> she's just, she wins, she hands down wins every single event of their whole Miss Modeniality yeah. competition. And. It's amazing how she this this woman can believably give you that so that when I meet her I feel like I need sanitizer just to be in her presence because she's just she has done disgusting well, things. Said her husband's a piece of shit, so yeah, I don't right. think that apple's going to fall too far from that tree. But he loves his wife. He loves him. he loves his wife yeah. for the freedom that he gave that she gives and. What not? I I don't doubt that he loves his wife. Uh, the same episode when they have when they're having that meeting with Professor Trisha. Yeah, <laughs> and then he gets all weepy about his wife. <laughs> uh, the, the, everything with Professor Trisha. That I gotta go back and watch that one again. This is good. Like even all of them. And Wayne, the Valentine's Day one. I gotta go back. On I revisited that last night, but I fell asleep halfway through. Oh. <laughs> I, that's when I nodded off. I put it on and I nodded off, yeah. but. I can listen, just listening to Dax and Ron's chirping to Katie. Yes. When, the, I think it's the very last one, it ramps up, but it's the very last thing that I think it's Ron says to, to Katie, and she delivers one of her, fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, my God. That was a porn level fuck. <laughs> like. <laughs> Good stuff. The innuendos, like, it's masterful innuendos. And the sheer number, the sheer it amount. It didn't stop. It never stopped. It just kept going. Baseball sexual innuendos. Right. Just it, who knew there were so many? You find a topic and you drill it down until you 
Get it all. Chirping 101. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because we already heard all the hockey ones. Yeah. We've gotten that over the past years with Dax and Ron. Yeah. So switching it up to baseball. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh. Yeah. Gotta keep it fresh. But there's something about Shorzy. Yeah. The show, Shorzy. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to watch that show over and over again. I want more of it. Yeah. Shorzy hits something special. Because it's it's enough different yes. from Letterkenny yep. to stand on its own. I want more Shorzy. I want more Letterkenny. I want more Shorzy. Because we show when they showed Shorzy in Letterkenny, all you got was the chirps. Yes, and just lambasting uh, Riley and Jonesy, and anybody else who just happened to be in the way. Yep, and. When you got to actually meet Shorzy, you're like, oh, okay. I I get this cat. I like this guy. No and, filter. Yeah. He's just, he's a hockey player. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a hockey player. If, like, if Him you've ever. over Laura Moore just makes me smile from ear to yeah. ear. If you've ever met a real hockey player. That's Shorzy. That's all of them. All of them are exactly like Shorzy. It just, they just, they hit something special. There. It's like somebody said, it is the perfect hockey representation of hockey in movies and TV ever, ever. And I've watched a lot of hockey movies and stuff like that. They should, they should try and make a Shorzy movie like a Lagoon. Kind slap of thing. shot, goon, slap, slap shot, shot. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, get Sean William Scott to do an appearance as oh. Doug Glatt. Have fucking Sud- the Sudbury Bulldogs traveling out to the East Coast as part of a tournament. Fucking to take on the Highlanders. Take on the Highlanders. The national tournament or something. Oh, fucking Dougie Glatt. Fucking Ross the Boss. <laughs> Jay Baruchel just yeah, chirping up a fucking oh, storm. Could you imagine the chirps? <laughs> the chirps. Just give me, just give me ninety minutes of Jay Barenthal, Dougie Glatt, and fucking Shorzy just chirping <laughs> at each other. Throw uh, in Riley and Jonesy <laughs> to get beat on. <laughs> they're gonna get pummeled. Oh, oh God. It'd that is the perfect Canadian hockey movie. And it can happen, though. Yeah. That's the thing, because these people know each other. Yeah. Jay Baruchel is in the Letterkenny universe. Yes. Hard well, right Jay. Hard right Jay, yeah. Hard right Jay. So, well, yeah, he's friends with those guys. He was kind of pissed it took him so long to get him a spot. Yeah. <laughs> if I heard heard the story correctly. Well, <laughs> sorry, but like we got other stories to tell. So. She uh, um, Hulk. <laughs> You watched She-Hulk. And so did you. I did. We had different reactions. Wildly show. different reactions. Yeah. I And I I will admit, I will admit that it right. has its problems. Oh, yeah. Okay. I will fully admit that. Yeah. But. Will you accept your share of the responsibility? In that I enjoy it and I want to see more? That's yes. That's right. That, that's the problem right there. No, I... I totally was getting a a straight up like 
Charlie's Angels 80s cheese vibe. Not me, man. I was. Like, Ally McBeal meets Charlie's Angels is kind of where they're going. Some of it was a little much. I don't. There's no Charlie. I don't care for There's the. There's no Charlie. I, he, that, that, he, that vibe. That that strong, empowered woman. But yeah, just there's a vibe there. Yeah. There's a vibe there, and I'm, I was digging it. I I I, You're I was laughing pretty fucking hard actually, at a couple spots. Yeah, which um, ones? The whole Captain America being a virgin thing, which I thought was I thought was something that was getting blown out of proportion online. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the episode and I realized no, it was like the biggest fucking joke. Especially the boat, the post credit scene, yeah. <laughs> where, she, where she starts laughing, Captain America, f- and it cut the black. Yep. <laughs> oh, it only makes sense, uh, exactly. And and but it's even come out now that people are pretty sure it was Natalie Dormer who did it, because that was it was Natalie Dormer that he was getting kissy kissy with when uh, oh, yeah. Agent Carter ca- uh, caught them. Yeah. So it's it's expected that he found Natalie Dormer down the road and hooked up with her. Playing hide the shield. Yeah. yeah that doesn't work. <laughs> Use the shield as a IUD? Oh. Oh. Ow. Ow. Hmm. Speaking of shields, I watched Prey. Oh, yeah. The new Predator yeah. prequel-ish. Because it's hundreds of years. Yeah. He has a shield at one point. Saw the only spoiler, it's a razor shield that yep. shings out, and he uses it like that. Like he, he used it at one point to open it around somebody's neck. Oh. Yeah. It was pretty oh. cool. Yeah. Okay. Pretty wicked. I, like I said, I'm, I'm getting snack bit by a lot of the strong girl. I, I get that. I just want somebody to tell me a good story with no politics. Good story. Prey, Prey is worth, yeah. worth the buzz that it's got. It's, okay. It was really well done. The, the, the lead actress in it, she she plays her role perfectly. Yeah. It, it it plays well. Being in Comanche, like, okay, it's, it's a foreign film kind of thing with the language and all. Yeah. But that's not the whole movie. So it really worked. The story played well. It looked badass. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, highly recommend it. And now I see the trend. Uh, there, there was immediately a petition because prey is so well received. Now they want more predators in history, and there's like people now. Next, next up, I think the big one people are calling for is they want like a 16th century samurai. Oh, well, we do have canon where uh, was it Predator Two? Yep, all those trophies, all the trophies. Yep. So that makes perfect sense. Yes. Plus, they've set that up in their own universe, where like in, in Aliens versus Predator, when they found the temple, yes, they flat out said, "We're pretty sure this race has been coming here because they use the same structure in the Mayan temples and blah blah blah." We're pretty sure these people have been coming here a while. Yeah. They said that in AVP, so that's already canon. Yeah. So it works, and it prey, works. prey worked well. So yeah. if you can hit the similar formula, you can have a couple different time frames. So you can go through everybody that like the 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 warrior classes of humanity come. Predator from. meets deadliest warrior. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. You can, you can do that. You can pull it off, and it makes a lot of sense. That, so yeah. Yeah, make it so. Doing in the Mayans. And have the predator be why the Mayans were wiped out. Yeah. Kapoor. Yeah, that would work. 
Yeah? Yeah. Make it so. Dear Hollywood. <laughs> if only it were that easy. I know. Listen, nobody listens to this show, so we got no... <sighs> we got no stroke. We got no stroke. Sorry, folk. Yeah, I know. Sorry, um, say, sorry folk. Sorry, folk. <laughs> um, I took a trip down memory lane while I was... Uh, I had to, to do a bunch of bacon wrap meats yesterday. There you go. And uh, so I... I downloaded a really old movie. How old? 82-ish. Oh, ancient. Put it this way. The only copy I could find was very hard to find. Yeah. And it's a VHS rip. Oh, shit. That is old. It stars Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman? On the right track. (laughs) If you're not familiar with this gem of, of the 80s, okay, it stars Gary Coleman. Who's Gary Coleman, you might ask, because you're, you're too young. Uh, Gary Coleman was a child star of the late 70s, early 80s. Different strokes. Different strokes. What you talking about, Willis? That's, that yep. was Gary Coleman. Yeah, Gary Coleman. Um, this was a film starring Gary Coleman. He was 10 years old. Well, he plays a 10-year-old in this film. Um. I believe he. It, this is in Chicago. Okay. Okay. It's either Chicago or New York. It's never fully clear. Well, big city. Uh, I believe it's Chicago because it's Chicago is Union Station, right? And Grand Central is New York. Yes. So yeah. the, I believe this was in Union Station. So I'm p- pretty sure it's Chicago. Yeah. We'll just call it Chicago. Okay. Well, so Gary Coleman is uh, uh, Leroy. Yeah. He lives in Union Station. He sleeps in a locker. You know those little lockers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He sleeps in two of those. He's he fits inside lockers. The movie opens where you see this woman walking through this Union Station. She opens up a locker and there's a kid sleeping in there and she thinks the kid's dead and she freaks out and runs away. On a roll, on a roll. Uh, on the right track. On the right track. Um this movie was really fucking weird. I remember watching the hell out of hell out of it as a kid because I was a kid and Gary Coleman was a kid star, and he was a kid doing adult type things because he's a really smart kid in this movie, or he's just written that way. Well, yeah, of course he's an actor, but I the uh, the little kid Jason didn't understand any of that aspect of it. It was still real to me, damn it. (laughs) Um. Gary Coleman, Maureen Stapleton. Yes, she plays the bag lady, Nancy. Mary. 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 Mary the bag lady. Yep. Norman Fell, Michael Lembeck, uh, Lisa Elbacher. I need to know what happened to her because she was great. Like I, I remember her distinctly from this film. She's beautiful, but she just had this genuine homely quality, like very motherly. and Lisa Elbacher? Yeah. She played Jill Klein. Yeah, okay. I'd like to know whatever happened to her. Lisa Elbacher was born in Saudi Arabia, the daughter of an oil company executive. She spent most of her formative years in Paris. After moving to Beverly Hills, California with her family, she soon appeared on television and episodes of Wagon Train, Laredo, My Three Sons, Gunsmoke. Uh, among her acting credits, as a teenager in... Um, the War Between Men and Women, 1972, a motion picture starring Jack Lemmon and Barbara Harris, 
Uh, she has been featured prominently in many TV and film productions. Uh, she's still alive. Two kids, uh, Cindy Elbacker, Bobby Elbacker, siblings. Uh, she's an avid bodybuilder. She auditioned to play Princess Leia in a little-known movie called Star Wars. I've heard of, I've heard of that. Role. Yeah. Heard of that character. Interesting. Well, I liked her in this film. I remember her distinctly, and I, I have a feeling she might have been in a few other things from back in that era. Yeah. But so they got this 10-year-old kid living in a locker in Union Station. He's a shoeshine boy, yeah. but there's a, a whole, like, business that has shoeshine, so that guy's always chasing him out of there. Yeah. Um, Pizza this joint, is my corner kid. Exactly, pizza joint guy uh, quizzes the kid with uh, trivia knowledge to give him a pizza. Pizza, so that's how he eats. Okay. Um, he he does odd jobs for thing, other businesses around you, but he never leaves Union Station. He's petrified to leave the train station. Have it, was it established as to why he was in? It's never actually said why. The, huh. the few times he leaves, he he manages to escape and come back okay. until the very end of the film. It's never fully said as to why. It doesn't take any dark turn. You don't find out like his parents were killed or anything like that. It's never explained. All we know is that he's been living in Union Station for six months or so. Six months? Six months. Where's Child Protective Services? Exactly. That's... That's where this movie gets weird, because how the fuck does this go on for so long, right? Right. All these people know this kid's there, and they're all helping him live there, but, but nobody's doing anything about it. Especially <laughs> Jill, who is his like best friend and cares for him, but she doesn't drag him out of there. <laughs> all right. She runs the arcade, and she's constantly testing his, his knowledge with a, a trivia a video game and stuff. She's also uh, wanting to be a, a singer and trying yeah. to get a singing job, and... She she played uh, Maggie Dameron in Simon and Simon. Uh, okay, don't Ooh, remember much. Officer of and a gentleman. Um, the yeah, other the, the other thing about that Leroy, he can uh, he can uh, pick the triple the horse races at uh, Denbury Field or whatever it was. Holy shit! Speaking of samurai, she was in the last samurai. When he. Uh, when he shines a guy's shoes, if they're holding the newspaper in front of his face, yep. like if they're reading the paper and he's got the horse races in front of him, he'll he can instinctively see the winner of each race. He can pick the triple. But if he ever tries to do it for himself, he doesn't. He doesn't win. Dot dot. My magic power. But has he can tell anybody else, and they can make the bet, and they do it because it spans up becoming a scheme. Yeah, he's bailing out the city. He makes a deal with the city to get them a million dollars by making illegal bets through bookies. Wow. Yeah, this became a thing. There's a this, lot going on in this it's movie. It's a fucking weird-ass movie, I'm telling you. It's weird. Really fucking weird. Was it up for any nomination? Hell no. Hell, I don't even know what it's rated on IMDb, but all I know is it was, was, no it was nostalgic as fuck. Yeah. It's 80s as fuck. It's cheesy. It's like weird. It was really weird what we considered okay by entertainment standards. What I mean by that is like how unrealistic this world that is supposed to look real, the movie was just really unrealistic. IMDb. Yep. Out of 10. Out of 10. What is your guess? 5.2. 5.4. 5 5.4. Okay. All right. Okay. That's about what I expected. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. Yeah, but still, that's way back in my childhood. Wow. I've been taking those little trips. I, I've got a few uh, Richard Pryor flicks. Wow. Queued up that I'll, okay. I'll be dipping into eventually down the road. A couple that I've never actually watched. Really? Yeah, I never watched any of his stuff with Gene Wilder. Really? Never did. But the toy. The toy. The toy, many times. Yeah. Fucking racist as all. What? Hell. What? Um, and another one, though, another one that has even more problems than just the racism, even though the Klan plays a key part in a major scene, yeah. um, is uh, Bustin' Loose. Bustin' Loose. That's Richard Pryor. I think he's an escaped convict, and he ends up going with this woman on a with a, a bus of kids uh, for dis- of kids with behavioral issues or disabilities, and he takes oh, them on okay. a road trip. All right. And there's this one white kid who's blind, and he oh, he keeps trying to steal the bus because he wants to drive. <laughs> All right. And eventually they get caught by the uh, by they get cornered in the middle of nowhere by the clan. Oh, <laughs> but the clan think they're just covered in mud because it's really stormy and help them get the bus out. They don't realize it. <laughs> a black dude and a black woman. Yeah, I it's been way too long since I've watched it to remember the full premise of the story. But I know I know that's another one that I watched a lot as a kid. Nineteen eighty two, the toy, the toy. <sighs> yeah, Jackie yeah. Gleason. Yep, Jackie Gleason. So incredibly racist in this movie. Out of 10. Out of 10? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to say 4.7. 5.8. 5.8. Better than I thought. All right. Good. That tells me that there is hope for that film. Yeah. That they're not just going to, it's not just totally wiped away from history. Richard Pryor, Jackie Gleason, Ned Beatty, Scott Schwartz, Teresa uh, Ganzel, Wilford Hyde White, and Azette Chase, uh, Tony King. Don Hood. That was about it. Virginia Cath- uh, Capers. She's Ruby S- Rudy, Ruby Simpson. Last uh, last week, my, my madhouse. Yeah. We, uh, Rob, we we realized we didn't have a topic about two days beforehand. Perfect. <laughs> so Rob, <laughs> I, Rob and I were talking about film festival stuff, and yeah. then he randomly asked me the question, "Hey, when I when I say." Uh, Movies of the 80s, what year do you go to? And I immediately said 84. Okay. So we ended up picking our top 10 movies from 84. <laughs> 84 was a massive fucking year. Yeah. Terminator. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Karate Kid. Wow. <laughs> wow. Ghostbusters was my number one. We all had different number ones. We actually did not have a whole lot of crossover. Really? I thought there would have been more, but there was enough miss, a lot, a lot of shifting. It got very interesting. 84 was a, a big year. We're probably going to do that randomly now. We'll just pick a random year in the 80s or 90s. Oh, okay. So I, we, IMDb. Yep. Top 50 movies in 1984. Okay. According to IMDb. Yep. What do you think is the top movie? Number one? Number one. Number one? Ghostbusters. Nope. No. Terminator. Terminator. Really? 8.1. Wow. Okay. Uh, All right. Followed by Amadeus, Once Upon a Time in America. James it, had Amadeus on his list. I would I would I really remember think the about movie what's going on. I remember the movie. I remember watching it. Yep. Uh, it's of course obviously not one I went back to. Yep. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He, I think Rob might have had that on yeah. his list. Ghostbusters, which 
Only scored a 7.8 on IMDb. That's not surprising, really. Nightmare on Elm Street. That was on Rob's list. Uh, Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Uh, oh, that's, uh, that's Studio anime. Ghibli. Yeah. That's Studio Ghibli, I think. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. That was on my list. Gremlins. It did not make my list. It was on somebody's, I believe. Or it was at least an honorable mention. Beverly Hills Cop. That was on my list. Correct. I think it was Kid. on somebody else's as well. Uh, that was on, I think all of us had that one. Never Ending Story. And yours on your Definitely list for sure. on mine. I think that was in my top three. Yeah. Paris, Texas. I don't know that one. No. Uh, Blood Simple. Vaguely sounds familiar. But simple. Uh, simple. Six, 16 Candles. That was, I think, on my list or just made my honorable mentions. Yeah. The Killing Fields. Nope. Police Academy. Was on my list. 1984? No. No? No, did not come up. Romancing the Stone. I think Rob mentioned that one. It was an honorable mention for me. And I just revisited that movie like two weeks ago. Dune? Uh, Rob, I think, might have had that one. Top Secret. Rob definitely had that one. I I don't know if I've ever actually watched it. Really? If I did, I don't remember because I keep thinking that it was Carrie Elwes that was the lead in that. And it was Val Kilmer. Yeah. They said the Zucker Brothers. Yeah, I don't know if I ever actually, if I did, I never went back to it, so I don't remember it. The Natural? I've never actually seen The Natural, and that's one of the greatest sports movies of all time, usually, a lot of people say. Uh, Stranger Than Paradise? Nope. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock? No. No? Because we all know that only the odd, or only the even numbers. Starman? Rob mentioned that one. Uh 2010, The Year We Make Contact? Uh, nobody mentioned that one. Uh, Broadway, Danny Rose? I think we're past. I think we're out of anything that's on our list now. Yeah, Footloose? Might have got mentioned somewhere. Repo Man? No. Revenge of the Nerds? That was on my list. That yeah. one, yes. That was Six massively in my, in my uh, yeah. puberty, puberty, if you will. 6.6 6. <laughs> 6 on IMDb. Should be higher. That moves uh, to Masterpiece. Uh, Balkan Spy? Revenge of the Nerds is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> stop making sense. Birdie, The Last Starfighter. Oh, that one was somewhere in my list. Yep. The or Bounty. Mention. The Last Starfighter is one that I, I recently heard they were talking about doing a sequel to. Yeah. And I'm all for it as long as I got to know who's involved. With updated everything, that you can make that one look really good. Right. But coming back to it. 40 years later or whatever, mm. it, that has room to play for that. Yeah, yeah. Whether, I don't know what the lead actor looks like now. I remember this movie. Which one? Body Double. I actually considered, almost put that on my list. Yep. Red or, Dawn. Red Dawn got mentioned for sure. Sex Missions. Body Double. I remember that movie. I remember that movie terrified me. Yeah. Um, it was not a movie I obviously should have been watching. I believe I saw it on the movie network. Yep, boobs. And that's why I was watching it. Yep. But when he gets, he's trying to save the girl, and he runs over there, and he gets whacked, and he's, he's like down on the ground, and he can't move, and he watches and hears the screams, and then the drill. Yeah. I remember the drill coming through the ceiling and yeah. then blood pouring through. Yep. One of the most terrifying things I'd ever seen because I didn't watch horror movies. The 80s are awesome, man. I But the fact that I remember that scene, that's well, the only that's thing I remember from like that movie. Leave an indelible mark on just about everybody. The only thing I remember from that movie. Uh, uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan. Didn't get mentioned. 
Places in the Heart. Nope. Streets of Fire. James mentioned that one. Splash. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, Ronia, the robber's daughter. Uh-uh. Wheels of Wheels on Meals. <laughs> nope. Uh, the Times of Harvey Milk. Uh, we're definitely outside of our yeah. list now. The Elusive Summer of uh, '68. All of Me, The Honest One, Bachelor Party. I think all of all of me got mentioned briefly by somebody. Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party. Wow. Six point three. There you go. IMDb, like, or uh, 1984 was just a great year. Lots of, like, lots of you look at this top 50, yep. and you go like, okay, there's way more than this. And let's say Terminator, Terminator topping the list is just like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So Yeah. And uh, it was pretty awesome yep. for its day. So, there yeah, but go. that was a nice, uh, nice trip going back and looking at a list like that. Yep. And I realized, like, wow, I haven't seen a lot of these in so long. I yeah. don't know how they hold up. And indie, indie would hold up because it's that's it's designed for that age. Tally said it's not good though. He watched it recently for the first time, and don't listen to. Me. I, yeah, I know. I got to take it on my own. How does it make me feel? Yeah. And it's Kiwi Kwan. What's not the right? Exactly. I mean, you're already in love I with still that. Still crushing anyways. it thirty years later. Right. 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 I love like, that story. Romancing the Stone was obviously a direct Indiana Jones ripoff, but it was so much fun though. It I, was. I, it, I caught it on the Stars Channel, one of the yeah. Stars Channels, a couple of weeks ago, and my God, uh, Michael Douglas was just such that just rogue bastard, like charismatic. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And then him having the, the when he shows up at the ending, he he tracked down that fucking gator. Yep. <laughs> Good stuff. You don't get gator that boots. Now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Jewel of the Nile. They came at it too quick because it was one year later. Yeah. They did not soon. wait for well, a sequel. They, said they figured, like, strike while the iron's hot kind of thing. Yeah. So it was just like, nah, too tsunami. So. Um, I think it's. I don't know if we've recorded since I've watched They Live with Xander. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me. Okay, so but we haven't recorded since. No. Yeah, no. so I watched They Live with Xander finally. Yeah, because Xander came home for a few days, and Landon. They both watched it for the first time. Yep. They both loved it. Nice. Um, they were both. Tally. They were both angry at me. For well, Xander in particular, but Landon agreed. <laughs> okay. He wants more. Where was the fucking sequel? Oh, really? Xander wants more. Wow. He loved it, though. He thought it was great, and it and it is so fucking topical to now. Yeah, oh, the themes, absolutely. The themes that it that movie shows totally reek of, like, it's today. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they saw the future when they made, the, made oh. that bad boy. So It just, and, and, and it made me chuckle, because just as we're about to watch it, and Linda goes, I don't even know what this is about, and he goes, Landon, it, just, it's, 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 a, it's a movie starring a professional wrestler, and it's a zombie movie, and I'm just <laughs> chuckling inside going, no, it's not. Yes, you ain't, boy. And You'll then see. as soon as we get going with the movie, and then the turn happens when he first puts the glasses on, yep. I'm just looking at Santa, and he's going, yeah, yeah. And then, and he looked over at me because he saw me looking at him. I said, like, "This ain't no zombie movie." Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> the poster makes it look like a zombie movie. Yeah, yep. You know, the reflection in the glasses; those people look like zombies. Yep. Yep. 
And it's it, that movie still plays. What? Like a bait and switch type thing? Yeah. Yeah. But that movie just plays. Certainly so does. Well. And Certainly. that that brawl like, in the alley, which was not supposed to go that long. <sighs> it was supposed to be like a two minute thing. It was Fuck supposed to be that, real quick. Let, let those guys go. Piper, for one, uh, Carpenter and Piper got along great. Yeah. To the point where, okay, the famous line of, uh, I came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, yeah. and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yep. That line was improv really? by Piper. Kind of. They're sitting there talking, and Carpenter's chewing Piper's ear about wrestling and whatnot. And yeah. Piper pulled out his notebook of chirps, notebook <laughs> of promo ideas and yep. whatnot. And they're flipping through, and that line was in that book. And Carpenter liked it, but he said, you can use any line you want. And Piper picked that one. Perfect. So Perfect. Piper Perfect wrote problem. that line. Yep. And it's one of the most quoted lines in action history. Even outside of action it's, history, it's, like it's even in like world, like real life, it, I know it people definitely say was that. on. I can't remember where it was. I remember watching a, like a Watch Mojo list of top most quoted things. Yeah, and it's in the list somewhere, not in the top ten, I don't think, but I think it's in the top twenty-five. Yeah. So, but it's it stands pretty. It's iconic. an iconic statement. But the brawl they were supposed to do, um, Piper looked at. Uh, Carpenter and he said, "You give me a couple weeks with him." And they end up. They came back to him two weeks later and had this whole thing worked <laughs> out. And fuck, is it brutal to watch? Mm-hmm. It still plays because they were. There was not a lot of shenanigans going on. Nope. Even though it was, it was a wrestler doing wrestling type fighting. It looked fucking great. But re- you know, what? I mean, uh, Roddy Piper? Yeah, I know. One yeah, of the yeah. one of the best professional wrestlers ever. Can choreograph a, a fake fight? Yeah. Who what? Knew? Who knew? He's so talented. <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie just played so well, and then yeah, Xander was mad that there hasn't been a sequel, which I, I was actually surprised when I realized, yeah, nobody's actually tried to do any nope. sort of sequel there. Nope. Like, not even like a knockoff sequel, like a, a sequel we don't talk about. Well, I don't know why. Carpenter must have had that locked down. He must have. He was like threatened everybody, don't even think about it. And now he would do one today, and it's the aliens. It's the turn. The tables are totally turned. Yep. It's, it's opposite way around now. <laughs> the aliens are in hiding. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That definitely. Is. So. So. We had a hundred episodes, dude. Yeah. A hundred episodes, and I can talk like this shit all day long. Yeah, and keep going and talk more. I do. We do need to talk about the state of wrestling today because the wrestling world has really had a d- dramatic shift. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. But looking at how much time we're at, I no, think we're we, fine. We're you, fine. You sure. Yeah, all right. It's, all right. Our, it's our 100th episode. What are they going to do? Kick us off the yeah, air? I know, but I'm, I'm supposed to possibly meet Crystal. But we got time. We got time. Ah, okay. 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 Well, she hasn't actually responded, so I don't even know what she wants to do. <sighs> um, but uh, so we haven't talked about it much, but something happened in WWE. Um, uh, Dolph Ziggler. No, 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 no. no. Um, 
Oh, yeah, Vince got fired. Oh, yeah, that's kind of important. <laughs> Actually, he retired. Right, right. Um, but he got forced out, obviously, uh, because of these shenanigans with hush money and all this shit and bad behavior. All that, okay, well. Everything we all knew and nobody wanted to talk about. Right. So when you rack up close to $20 million yep. of missing funds from your company, people tend to get real itchy about that. Yep. So and then and now we we hear these little bits of stories as to what it all pertained to and yeah, it's just so Vince is out of his company. Yeah. So a dude which lived in a bubble of his own creation finally got bit in the ass when somebody took a little bit of a closer look. Repercussions. Repercussions for your wow. action. What? No way. So. We now have Stephanie McMahon as co-CEO alongside Nick Khan. Yep. And we have Triple H as not only head of creative, but head of talent relations. Yeah. And in three weeks... Things change dramatically. That company <laughs> has shifted so insanely. Well, even at SummerSlam. Yep. When, of all people... Bailey comes out. Mm-hmm. Eel Sky comes out. Who hadn't been seen in months. No. And then Dakota Kai. Who was fired. <laughs> fired from the company. Nobody expected her to come back. Uh-huh. Form this women's faction that has ignited the women's division in the WWE. Yes. And what we're seeing that's just one of the ripples of change yep. that are washing through that company. Carrying Cross. Carrying Cross, who I'm only vaguely familiar with, but yep. the buzz is all there, is now back. And again, yep. he was fired. Him and his wife were fired, and yep. they're both there now. They, he hired. He rehired six people in two weeks. Yep. All that had been released under Vince. Yep. Now, one of the latest rumors I heard is Bray Wyatt is yep. like they're trying to really lock Bray up. Yep. And Bray is so smart with that. He put out that long-winded tweet where he basically referenced every wrestling company yep. and so many different names and people. Like it was the, the, that guy knows yeah. how to work. Yeah. He knows how to work his work his work his, well, his value. Okay, you know? who was his dad? His dad grew up in the business. Yes. So he, he this is not genetics. Yes. This is this is one of the things. This is not something Bray Wyatt is new to. Now, um, I'm, I'm not familiar with much of his actual work. I haven't been watching WWE. He can work. I, I'm basic. I'm basing it strictly on buzz and yeah. and the the hype. What what I'm what I'm hoping to see. What I think. Put it this way. I am getting closer and closer to starting to watch yeah. WWE again. They're, the buzz I'm hearing, the changes that they're making, and the, and the fact that I don't recognize most of these names makes me want to take a look. Yeah. I knew things are really going to change um, for the better or worse. I, we'll, we'll go for the better. And when they had those uh, triple threat matches for the... Uh, Number one contender for the IC belt. Yes. Ciampa. Yes. I like Ciampa. Uh, um, Ali. Um, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali, who got his full name back. Yep. And I heard that. 
AJ, AJ Styles. Yep. And then the other one was uh, Ziggler, Gable, and... Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn. No, Chomp. Champa was in the one with AJ because right. I know he took out AJ to win it. Yes. Um, Ziggler, Gable, and regardless, regardless, the fact that you have Mustafa Ali, Champa, AJ Styles, and AJ Styles doesn't win. Yeah. That tells you right there, there's something big. Going on. Yep. That's a, a like a, a sea change if there ever was one. And it's one. Champa who is a big Triple H guy. Yep. Everybody knows this. Tri- he's Triple H's golden boy. Yep. Him and Gargano, who's really heavily expected to be re-signing with the Fed now. Give it a, give it a second, and yeah. So he's still enjoying being a dad, I'm sure. Absolutely. But ta- but the word is talks have been made. Yeah. So well. So speaking of talks, I guess um, somebody from the WWE has rang up some of the phones of AEW guys. That buzz has gone around. That, so, the, I, I heard those news stories, too. That should be very worrisome to Tony Khan. Oh, absolutely. But I'm starting to get more further suspicions about what's going on over in AEW. Yeah. Tony Khan, yes, is a mess. He's the, the, the company's starting to wobble out of control. Yeah. Okay. That I acknowledge. I'm still liking a lot of what I'm seeing. But then we're hearing these stories. And CM Punk came back. It's all a work. That's what I figured. Yeah. Because now, now there's this word that CM Punk is angry. Yep. He's disgruntled. What did I say a month ago? But all these guys are all of a sudden disgruntled. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and MJF is going to be spearheading the whole fucking thing. Absolutely. It's now, now bubbles are, are forming that. Um, so they've, they've rushed the CM Punk Moxley thing. That was supposed to be them uh, at all out in two weeks. Yeah. They're having it next week now. Yeah. Instantly after one week. Yep. So we don't know the change there, but there's already, is MJF going to show up to fuck over CM Punk? See what happens. But then... Simon Miller. Yep. Oh, I like Simon Miller <laughs> on What Culture Wrestling. He has some interesting points of view. And he also likes to, you know, like any good conspiracy theorist, here's some evidence to point at certain things. And now, so when CM Punk came back last week, he cut a promo and he was obviously the heel. Yep. First off, him calling out, C- uh, calling out Hammy and Page. Was unscripted, unplanned. He fucking did that just to be a dick. Yep, it was fantastic because he's still pissed at yep. Page taking liberties in a promo back when. But okay, somebody posted a list of the guys that CM Punk has faced since he's joined that company. Mm-hmm. They're all baby faces. CM Punk has always been a heel. That's that was where Miller was going. Yeah, he's CM always Punk been has heel. been the heel the whole frigging time. Right. You, we just never noticed it. No, because of like his music. <laughs> Which I'm so done with that. I can't, I can't even listen to it when they play it on the riff now. I, I just, know. I'm it's done overplayed. with it. Yep. Same with Judas. I like Judas, but... Overplayed. Uh, yep. Um, but, yeah, I so there's definitely... Um, the whole disgruntled worker thing, there, there's something there. I, I, I was calling that a month ago, and I'm still... 
that's about to become something bigger. Yep. This is going to be their Austin versus McMahon moment, even though Tony's not going to be a character per se. You would have Management to have somebody who you have in that position, though. Yeah. Who knows? But something's going to happen there. It The Austin McMahon thing was lightning in a bottle. Unless it's Punk acting as Tony Khan's champion because he's the dollars and cents of the company. That's what he said when he against Moxley. So if MGF comes out and screws over Punk, Punk is working for Khan. So of course MGF MG- becomes Mc- or Stone Cold by default, right? But that freezes out everybody else, Moxley, etc. Moxley's doing the Rock thing on his own on the side mm. at the same time. But how do you do the belts? That that I okay. I don't have all the answers. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> no, saying. But see, like, the, there's there's a bigger a bigger thing, especially in AEW. They they put so much stock in that championship belt. You have to you have to deal with that. Yeah, oh, yeah, but they got. But it, it, here's here's the problem with that. If you have MJF come out and he screws over CM Punk. That makes MJF the heel, and that makes CM Punk the face because MJF cost Punk the championship. Yeah, but it really depends on how they play it afterwards and the wording and the promo work. But you know? on, at first, blush. at first, at first look, yes, right. Yes. So if you if you just take that at face value, yeah, it's it's. it's it, I just got a feeling something's going to happen. Yeah, probably. Uh, something's going to happen. Yep. Now, the other big thing is Kenny Omega. Ready to come back with a shirt on. The, yes. But <laughs> did you, did you, but have you heard as to, like, would he come back if he's not ready? I think. Do you think he's coming back too soon? Yes. But they need. I don't think so, and I'm not the only one who believes this. No, because they've made a made it a point to point out that he had all this damage, all this work done, all of this. The way they played that match was great because he was off his step. Yeah. He was he was at half speed most of the time. He botched a few spots. He even did the uh, you cannot escape, you know, where he flips over in the fireman's carry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went to tag the bucks and he landed on his ass and he just went, uh, you know, <laughs> it was. It, but then when he went for the finish and he almost couldn't get him up, couldn't get Dragon Lee up for the one with yeah. Angel and he should have tagged out, but he didn't. He got the win. I liked it. I think it's all acting. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think I think he is closer to a hundred percent. I don't think he's nearly as slow as he's but we're about to see his greatest enemy right now is ring rust. This is Kenny versus Ring Rust. Right. We're gonna see Kenny coming back to full speed. You know, he's at half speed right now. He's gonna be at sixty percent. By the end of this tournament, we're gonna be back to near 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 full speed Kenny Omega. Yeah. But he's not going to lose his shirt for a while. You don't think so? Nah, he's not ready that no. way yet. I would see people are thinking that's all part of it. He's hiding anything. Mm. You know, he's hiding. He was because everyone was what kind of shape is he in? So he's hiding his body, right? Yeah. 
That's what made people think that he's ready. He's just, he's really playing and leaning into this. There is so much wrong with him, though. I know. And, but it has been a long time. I don't, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. And the fact well, that we that, all heal differently. Did you hear how so, long he had the vertigo for? For a long time. Four years. Yeah. He got it from an Okada dropkick, and he hadn't gotten an Okada dropkick since 2018. Yeah, that's for you. <laughs> I think it was 2018, maybe even 2017. Yeah. He said he got it from an Okada dropkick. Perfect. And yeah, him and Okada haven't faced each other in yeah. a while. <laughs> Speaking of Okada, Okada, Okada is now a daddy. Oh, had a baby boy. Good for him. And and he got paternity leave. Nice. So and and he won the G one. He did? Yep. T1's over already? Yes. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. Yeah. It tells you uh, I never made it past Nate 3. Yeah. <laughs> so Okada won the G1. Okada won the so G1. So now he gets to take paternity leave and rest up until Wrestle Kingdom. Is that it? Probably. Okay. Well, probably not that long, but he'll, he'll get have, he'll get a break. He'll get He'll have a break, get one, maybe one shot in between yep. kind of thing. Yeah. All right. Well, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. A baby yeah. rainmaker. Yeah, there you go. A drizzle. <laughs> a drizzle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, AEW, I'm liking a lot, but they've got so much going on and not enough TV time to, to profile the good stuff. And and now that Triple H is, the, yep. uh, he's the biggest threat to AEW. Like it's almost an existential threat to oh, oh, it's, it's their been existence. Discussed online already that yeah, all of a sudden the WWE is a place people want to go to now. Yep, that where they might stand a chance yep. now. Yep. All of a sudden, people aren't afraid. The big bad wolf is gone. Yep, it's a massive shift. Uh huh. So this this industry is going to change one more time. But that just means now we're getting we may get a heyday of wrestling again because now we have competition again. Legit competition. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. But Tony's kind of fucking things up on his end. New kid. He's got you know, he's got to separate Ring of Honor. He, you know. Yep. But I think it's all going to stem from his TV deals, his next TV deal yep. that oh. I'm so worried about. Speaking of Ring of Honor, uh-huh. guess who's now a member of Ring of Honor? Titan, Andrew Shearer. Really? Yep. Really? Yep. Damn. All yeah. right. And he went to Ring of Honor. Went to Ring of Honor. Doesn't mean we're not going to see him in AEW. No, no. But, but it, it also might have been a one-off thing. So, okay. All yeah, right. Braun Strowman. Wow. Made an appearance as a, at wow. a Ring of you Honor. Know, you know, we eventually got to see that him versus Wardlow, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Big meaty men slapping man meat. <laughs> slapping meat. That's who, who says that? That was Big E. Big E Langston. No, but one of the commentators in AEW likes to say it that way. I think it's JR. I think it's JR. When like right. Powerhouse Hobbs was in the ring against, uh, oh, who who were they feuding with? And there was a big dude on their side. Joan, oh, um, Jeff Cobb? Yes. Yes, they had a match. Yeah. And it was just to the, and, and JR is like, yeah, I just like watch two big beefy men slapping man meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not helping the cause. Uh, yeah, oh, there so. was. Oh, I, I saw a thing on Reddit where it was a uh, Jr. and Jericho verbally attacked a fan on a, one of the things. 
they cut to the, the thing, and there's like a kid dressed up like Orange Cassidy, and he's doing the the thumb. Jerry's going like, "Slow down, young man. You might strain something over." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's nice when Jr. gets the jokes. So, you know, sometimes he doesn't. No, so like a lot of that stuff flies right over Jr.'s uh, head sometimes. So. Yeah, but WWE is definitely moving. Like uh, it's getting my attention again. I I think I want I might start trying to watch or at least uh, catch highlights and stuff. Well, there's there's such a, a vast change that happened with uh, like in such a rapid fashion too. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, whoa, what's going on? And they got this clash at the castle happening over in Wales. Yeah. Where Drew is most likely going to beat Roman for the title or one of the Triple titles. Triple threat match now, though. Is it? I don't think that's made, been made official yet. I thought it was. Nah, I no? don't think so. Not yet. Mm, okay. What do you think with Karrion Cross? I think with Karrion Cross. I don't think that's been made yet. Okay. But they still have two weeks to go. Yeah. They got plenty of time to insert that, shenanigans. That weekend. There's Clash at the Castle on the Saturday. No. Sunday afternoon is an NXT show at 4. Jeez. And then that night is AEW's All Out. Wow. That's yeah. a loaded weekend. Yeah. Uh, WWE is running an NXT pay-per-view or some, of some type on that Sunday, and it's but it's at 4 p.m. Takeover? The, are they calling it a takeover? I can't remember the title of it. But, it, oh, something about Worlds Collide? Because they've, they have they got invaded by their NXT UK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. NXT UK is gone. They've, For now. They're folding it, and it's becoming NXT Europe. They've released a bunch of talent, well, but they could be, yeah. they could it's be a, folding it's them in. It's a hiatus. Yeah. Oh, that's just how they, it was described online. Yeah. I, I, I don't know any of the names really from it anyways, so... Um, Walter, but, Walter's still there. Dragonov is still there. Oh, Gunther, Gunther, my bad. Gunther, he's the U.S. Champ, or U.S. champ right now. Yep. isn't he? Yep. So facing who's he facing at? I'm not sure. Claudio? No, no, fucking Claudio. Claudio, different company. Uh, um, all I know is whoever the guy is. Your chest is going to hurt after, sir. Yeah. What I've seen of Gunther. Yeah. <laughs> but just well, it was that... supposed to be Shinsuke. Oh, I think that might still be happening. I think I heard that name. Now that you mention it, I think I've heard that talked about. That might, Shinsuke, you might see his star rise a little bit more. Um, there's, I think that's the match they're talking. That could be like a, a, a really tough fight, like a, a fight. Yeah. Depend depends, and if you get old, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh-huh. King of Strong Style. If Vince said no, will H say yes? Like, is it, it was his Shinsuke's store, uh, choice? I think he got throttled by Vince. So if H says, well, they're talking boys. about Vince. Vince didn't understand Japanese wrestling, of course not, and Vince it, barely understands wrestling. Wrestling, right, like. right. So, I think, I think. Triple H might have better better ideas for Shinsuke. Let's just well, you just like look how Shinsuke Nakamura went into NXT. Yeah. So let's just hope H says okay. Nakamura, uh, Gunther here. Uh, have a match. Yeah, go. <laughs> just go. You, you two know what you're doing. Just go do it. <laughs> just go. Yeah. We'll have we'll have 
you know, ice packs and everything ready for you. Just, It'll be just fine. go. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Oh, no. Seamus. Seamus versus Gunther. That'll be a hard hit. And that's affair. why they're talking it's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be fucking brutal. That's going to be. And then just hearing yeah. Seamus versus Gunther. So, wait a minute. Somebody who's Gunther's size. That already hits hard. That hits hard. I'll watch that match. I'm I uh, I will probably be checking out Clash yeah. of the Castle. Like That's this cool. lineup is sounding interesting. They they've got my attention again and I kind of like it. I like I like having my fire reignited just like with D&D, you know. I like having an old flame come back into my life. There you go. There you go. You know. But now all you got to do is start writing about it. You're right. I do. So, I do. What are you going to do? Uh, get there eventually. Drabble baby. Drabble. 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 I got to look at this. 100 words. 100 words. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Uh, I got other things. Uh, I got other things still I need to get working on, too. I got, a, I, I got a lot of shit. I got a lot of shit going on. Well. A lot of wasted money. Well. A lot of wasted money. That's a big one. Unwaste the money. Unwaste the money. Yeah. But. Get shit done, son. But hey, once I have some more details, we may be doing a live podcast in front of people. No, nobody wants to watch this happen live. Well, we'll be at London Comic Con, so. Uh, uh, but we might get me. There's a chance. There's an outside chance that we may get a guest. We'll see. We'll see how we'll that see. plays out. Sounds like we're out of steam. Yeah, I think we are. I think so. All right. All right. Well. 100 episodes? 100 episodes, and hopefully there's going to be a million more. Whoa. That's a lot of fucking episodes. Yep. Well, aim high. All right. Game over, man. <laughs> Game over. This has been the Three Nose Podcast. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Y'all come back now. Yeah.